gapping that I think when people hear metaverse now, assuming they're not already owning land or things like that and haven't really been immersed in it, they think of the metaverse as like over there and the real world is over here. But the way you're talking about it is a very, not necessarily they're one and the same, but they're a lot closer to each other and immersed with each other than people might think. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. All right, cool. Well, welcome to everybody. This is another episode of Level Up, and it's a special one because we are really fortunate to be joined by the three gentlemen behind Emery, which we are going to learn all about. And I hope I, I pronounced that right, right? Yeah, you yeah. Can I call it? Yeah. Okay, because it's calling it like Marie would be weird. So um, we've got... Uh, We've got Joshua, Evan, and Eric here from Emreed, and they're going to be talking all things metaverse, and we're going to be putting this in a real estate context that uh, hopefully gets a lot of discussion sparked, but there's, I think, more than enough to go through just talking about it in general. So welcome, and uh, let's get moving. So, I mean, I don't know which one of you wants to wants to jump in. Maybe if you all want to introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about what you do, and we will pop right into talking about all the cool stuff everybody want to learn about. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Um, I guess, guys, maybe I'll jump in, introduce myself, pass it to you. So I'm Josh Chisholm, realtor based in Toronto with PSR Brokerage. Um, been into crypto metaverse for a while, trading since 2017. Um, so yeah, why I'm here, I mean, talk everything metaverse, NFTs, crypto with you guys, how it's related to realtors and real estate and how uh, I'm using it in my business. And then I guess my connection with Emery, where I've now joined on as a partner, board member with Evan and Eric, who are here. Um, they're the founders of Emery, which is an amazing, uh, re- like a real estate investment trust based in the metaverse, where they're doing incredible things, working with some uh, very big brands, leasing land, developing land, just like you would in the real world and getting that, <clears throat> excuse me, that next level access to their audience. Yeah, I think Josh, you pretty much covered our our introduction there too. But um, yeah, my background, Eric Klein, founder, CEO of Metaspace REIT or MREIT. Um, my background's corporate commercial real estate. And then I started a cryptocurrency investment and development fund um, back in 2020. I was an early investor in Bitcoin and BNB and all that stuff. Um, launched Emreed about four weeks ago. We've seen about 12,000% increase uh, since then. And my brother, Evan, joined very early on. Um, so I'll let him kind of take it from there. Yeah, I'm the co-founder CEO. And um, I come from more of like a brand direction marketing background for real estate. So I've worked with companies like Compass, Sotheby's, Royal Page, and most recently, Keller Williams as a head of brand. Um, but Eric and I have kind of been tag teaming the uh, real estate space since college. So this will be our, our third company that we started. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so anybody that's on the Facebook group, if you want to jump in with any questions at any point, we'll be keeping an eye on the chat. Um, but maybe we'll just start with um, 
how you see the metaverse and real estate and all that kind of coming together and what your vision is for the next maybe five, 10 years. Be really curious to know what you guys have th thoughts on, on that. You guys want me yeah. to jump in? Yeah, there? Josh, you want to you go and then I'll give you my, my two cents on that? Sure. So I think um, the biggest thing to, that I see is the impact with real estate and the use of the metaverse is accessibility and time. Um, I think right now, as we've seen in pandemic, COVID's accelerated that with like what we're doing now, the use of Zoom and all of these things. Um, we've really quickly transitioned from everything being in-person meetings. I think even before all of this, like for realtors that have been around long enough, when we had to drive around and get every signature from clients versus like DocuSign and all of that coming up, how much that something small like that changed um, our industry. And I think the metaverse is that like tenfold where it's going to be an opportunity to connect with people, whether it's locally or internationally, um, be more efficient with showings. I think specifically in like the pre-construction world, being able to show models, experience real estate that doesn't, that's not built or developed yet. Um, I think where we see specifically in Toronto, a lot of international investment, it's going to be a lot more efficient to connect with international buyers and actually provide an experience than a very flat um, email PDF or video call like this. And I think that's really the first step in the next five years or so where I see the metaverse having a big impact. And outside of real estate, I think it's really in terms of like what we're talking about advertising. I think it's going to be where brands um, and not specifically realtors, but brands can connect with their audience in a more efficient way with more of an experience than an email newsletter or something that we're used to right now. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, Josh kind of nailed it. I think what we're going to see, like the evolution on how this is going to proceed is going to be faster than anything we've really seen before. And I think the metaverse, not just with real estate, but I do think real estate and gaming will lead the change into the metaverse. And I think the metaverse as a whole is going to be, you know, kind of a one, it's not going to be just, you know, we have like dozens right now and they're all going to connect eventually, but it's going to link work, leisure, social, everything. Um, it's all going to be integrated there. There's going to be virtual workrooms, And I think real estate will help lead that. Um, but everything we do will be linked into the metaverse. And I don't even think it's going to take five years. It, it'll take 24 to 36 months for the big brands like Microsoft and Google to start really integrating, you know, Disney's already doing it. And, uh, you know, if you look at what Meta is doing already. So I think everything we really know will be in the metaverse and we'll be able to interact and our wallets will be our new social media. I kind of compare it to, you know, what Google was when it first came out, you can search for small businesses and it provides uh, some exclusive branding and marketing opportunities. And I think this is just that kind of on steroids. Yeah. And I think there's, I think there's an opportunity for realtors to kind of help their clients get into the metaverse, especially on the commercial and retail side. Um, similar to like helping someone find like, uh, you know, a, you know, a, a storefront or something, they can help them find a space into central land and kind of determine what works for their brand. Because what we're seeing right now is like, it's, we're, we're still in like the prototype phase, but like there's such an opportunity um, for retail brands to go in and sell digital products because they're, I think the statistic is like 70% of, you know, virtual visitors actually purchase items. So if you're like a retail brand and you've already switched to going online and you're doing Facebook ads, going to the metaverse is just the next step. It's just going to be um, the evolution of how, you know, people network and sell items online. Yeah. I think it's a merger of a lot of things we're doing now. So like um, Evan and Eric are talking about, you know, Evan, just to take that social media ads, 
connecting yourself with that ad rather than having them two separate things where you're now going to essentially that advertisement is going to be an experience with somebody. Um, but I think really what the metaverse is, it's like a culmination of everything we're doing right now. So you take as a brand or a realtor, um, a social media ad, then you kind of, which is disconnected a little bit from your website, which is disconnected a little bit from your social media page. And yes, there's links to everything, but they're not all one experience. And the biggest thing that kind of was like, aha to me was especially in real estate where a lot of us have taken the celebrity route. Um, we care more about our, our social media presence and our virtual and digital presence today than we do about our real world one. Mm -hmm. Especially when you go through pandemic and COVID and you start to think about how small your real world circle has gotten, um, but how much you still know about everybody around you, you start to think about that. And it's like that very first step of entering into this, well, everybody's already working as if they're in the metaverse. Like you're very much controlling your image on social media. And whether that is, you know, talk to realtors, a big sale that you did or listing, um, whether it's anybody, a life achievement, marriage, kid, new job, new, like materialistic travel, new car, anything you really know about anybody they've curated to you on social media. And so that was like my big whoa moment, because that's when you're going to take all of this and put it together. Um, and then for me, I started to look at like the generation or a couple after us and what kids are doing with Fortnite and all this gaming now and where there's a big percentage of them that would rather get as a gift that digital asset, whether it's like a pair of shoes for their character or a new item or a new game or level, than get that pair of Jordans in real life and all of that. It just doesn't have that same impact for them. Um, and when you start to really shift your mindset into, whoa, this is already happening we just don't have that platform built out yet it really it really does make sense because everybody is like so desperate for that platform of organization they just don't know it because everything you're connecting with everybody is kind of all over the place right now and if you really look at like even gmail they've created apps that you can go to one desktop very flat platform to work all of your things in one and the metaverse is just that like real world experience kind of taken over so you, you brought up a lot of things that kind of connect to a very basic thought process that people might be having that I think when people hear metaverse now, assuming they're not already owning land or things like that and haven't really been immersed in it, they think of the metaverse as like over there and the real world is over here. But the way you're talking about it is a very, not necessarily they're one and the same, but they're a lot closer to each other and immersed with each other than people might think. So is that is the metaverse, maybe if we even just define what that is for people who are hearing this and just kind of sat down, they're like, okay, great, metaverse, 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 it's a cool word, everyone's talking about it. You know, it, it, it speaks to this virtual sort of, I guess, snapshot of things we do, but what is it and how is it related to, or going to be more related to, to you know, the real world as we know it in such a way that we actually make it our real life? Yeah, the easiest way I can explain the metaverse is it's the successor to social media as we know it today. And it integrates virtual reality with our real world reality. And the if you think about, if you watch like um, Zuck's meta video, the perfect way I can say it is like um, when Josh was talking about Gmail, like if you put on glasses, you're going to be able to see like your real world hands and you're going to have your apps on your screen. You're going to be able to flip and, you know, choose things just from like sitting at your desk. So it's going to be able to integrate um, 
you know, aspects of where you are physically, but also where you are virtually in the, you know, direct eyesight. So when I think of metaverse, that's where it's going to be going. It may be, like I said, a little prototype on some platforms right now, but that's like the, um, the whole picture. If you want to think about metaverse and how it combines virtual reality with real world integration, I would say that would be a good example of it. Yeah, I, I don't even I don't even see it as as something else. Like what we're seeing right now is 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 the blend between our real world life with metaverse and the biggest opportunities right now is that integration piece. Like if you look at Sotheby's that put up an auction house, you know, they you know, it, it yes, it's like a website, but you're linking like your real world activities and your real world attributes into um, that new Decentraland piece or wherever you're going to go. So where it's going to go is like Evan said, you're going to wear glasses and everything's going to be right in front of you. So it's going to be fully integrated. But what we're seeing right now is that integration process between real world and metaverse. So like, you know, when we buy land in Decentraland, I don't even view it. You know, sometimes it hits me. It's like, well, wow, this is like just an NFT, but like, it doesn't even hit me anymore. That's like an asset in my head, you know, like whether we spend a hundred grand on a piece of land and, and the metaverse is the same to me right now than buying a real piece of land. So that integration right now is, is, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it, it's, I agree with you. And I think right now, the definition of the metaverse is like this digital virtual world off in the cloud that everybody is so disconnected from. But in reality, I don't think that's what it is at all. It's just the next evolution it's, and next step on, yeah. on what we're doing now. Um, I think it's like the equivalent, if you, again, want to really apply it to what we do today, would you call the internet or Facebook or any like something different than your real world or your life? No. A lot of people who you are on social media is kind of very different than who you really are, maybe, but you would never really created as two different things. And that's what the metaverse is. And right now with where we're at, you know, you want to talk in that five to 10 year window. Um, I think it's like Evan and Eric are talking about. It's very much more to the commercial side, um, to brands, to connecting with audience, to retail, to experience, to gaming, the residential side for realtors where a lot of us are. Um, there's a massive impact, but that impact is not that you're going to all of a sudden somehow live, sleep, eat in the digital world. I think it solves a lot of issues that we're seeing in the real world real estate. Um, and one very basic thing is the more people that are interacting, working through the metaverse or some sort of digital platform, the less physical space they require in real life. And that's where a lot of these smaller condos, smaller office spaces, shared workspaces, whatever you want to call it, are going to make a lot more sense which is already a trend that we've seen because all of a sudden you don't need so much space, whether it's in your residence or in your office, because you're doing more and more online. And without even using the term metaverse, that's happened with Zoom with people, right? Um, that's happened in the last 24 months with people. So I think that's just where this is really going to have its biggest impact and going to shift. And then not to keep applying it to these things, but then you start to talk about like climate and all of this stuff. And if you're able to do a lot more things, host concerts, all sorts of stuff, which draw lots of people together, which are really, you know, everything from small things like littering to power to, um, to, to where you're going to go with that, it starts to solve a lot of real world issues. So it's very much an advancement of where we are today rather than two separate things. Yeah. Well, it, it seems to it seems to bring an additional sensory element 
to what we're used to, right? So if you take the internet and you add a little bit more experiential and there to it, whether it's, I mean, maybe short of touch, although who knows, maybe that's something. I don't know how that works. Um, smell and touch is, I'm sure going to be- Being worked on, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got it's, uh, yeah, it's a whole other thing we don't have to go but yeah being worked on there's some weird things out there right now <laughs> and it's like a, it's a bigger conversation like you can't talk about the metaverse without talking about DeFi as a whole and blockchain and the whole way banking is going like it's a whole movement and i, I really do think everything is intertwined and it's the future of so many industries um so like when people talk about the metaverse you also have to talk about you know blockchain and decentralized finance cryptocurrencies and how those things really play into the future of how we're going to do business. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that's like the whole other side to it, you know, to talk about real estate in the real world, once currencies really go digital. And I think everybody sees that coming and it might not be that we're all trading Bitcoin, but even something as simple as the Canadian dollar, US dollar, just going on the blockchain and becoming digital. Like how often are you going to go to the bank? How many pieces of real estate, you know, from branches does the bank hold? So if you're not going to the bank anymore and everything's being held in your wallet and now you're just trading with people directly on that currency, like how much do you need the bank? How much are you actually making by holding your money in a savings account right now? Like who's really doing and, and it just starts to bring up all of these conversations um, that really do make a lot of sense outside of the whole like disconnect from the system, like, you know, kill the man type of thing. Like there really is an advancement here that we're already on the path of, whether you want to buy into it or not, that really does make a lot of sense. Um, 100%. And if you look at the history of centralized finance and decentralized finance, like decentralized finance predates centralized finance, you know, like from trading, you know, goats for items and things like that. And that wasn't feasible and you couldn't carry it around. So they you know, fast forward, you, you had gold and then they created gold coins and then you couldn't carry those around. So then you came up, you know, with the dollar and the paper dollar. Um, and then, you know, you hear criticism on like, oh, cryptocurrency isn't real. There's no physical thing, you know, yada, yada, yada. But if you look at something like the Euro dollar, which was essentially just like a US dollar that is deposited into any jurisdiction outside of the US, it no longer is regulated by the Federal Reserve. So essentially, it's sort of a version of tokenization in today's cryptocurrency climate. It's not too far different. Yeah, I think, you know, and the beautiful thing is, it's like we're entering this peer-to-peer -peer Web3 thing. So like, you know, Bitcoin is worth what you think it is, right? And I think, you know, what Josh and Evan were talking about is how does that apply to real estate? Is like we're starting to see people sell homes for Bitcoin and that's done straight on the blockchain in a wallet. So it kind of removes the need for all of the work in between. And um, like, it's just going to be like, I think a bunch of different cryptocurrencies are going to be accepted everywhere. And the dollar is going to be, you know, last on the list because everything's quicker. We can do transactions yeah. faster. Um, and it's going to be, you know, what is this worth? It's worth what it's worth to me. And that's kind of the, the web three version of what we're going to see. So um, yeah, I think DeFi has a huge aspect to how this is going to play out. Like I've said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious your, your thought process when creating Emrate and like where you saw the opportunities, because everybody knows in real estate, like we are slow moving when it comes to change. And I think 
a lot of us kind of are thinking, okay, this is great for, as you were talking about like blockchain and like having lawyers come in and like thinking of all that. But like, I feel like you guys are way beyond that because those are the things that people are going to adapt to far more than getting a lawyer and getting a bank and getting all of these people to come in on like a blockchain and, and participate. So maybe give us a sense, obviously introduce your company, but also tell us like why you guys started this and like where you saw the opportunities. Yeah, for sure. So I I got into real estate when I was like 20 um, and I worked at a commercial firm for a guy and he was a commercial broker president and he did a lot of interesting things. He also did a lot of financing. He had his mortgage license. Um, so we worked with a lot of developers on the finance side and we ended up working and um, sourcing funds and, and building the foundation for a hundred million dollar REIT in Toronto. So I got exposed to kind of all the work that went involved to creating a REIT and, and all the backend things and, and getting all the properties and the financing and all that stuff. And, you know, that was a very complicated process. And then I moved to the private equity world where I was still in real estate, working on real estate funds. And then we would essentially create a fund, but it was only allowed that, you know, you had to be accredited. You had to make a certain threshold of income. You had to have a certain net worth for you to even participate in that fund. Right. So when I, and then I started, I got involved in cryptocurrency and investing and all that stuff. And then I said, why don't I blend the two and create uh, essentially a, a metaverse read as soon as I, the met, like the metaverse, like virtual real estate was on my radar for a long time. Um, but when I guess when Facebook really doubled down is when I was like, okay, like this is where I, I need to be. And I was just really early it was pretty risky, but so I, I, we created Emory with the concept of accessibility. So you, we created the token first. And if you look at some of our competitors, um, you know, they have traditional VC funding routes where they do, you know, the capital raises from accredited investors and they go out and they purchase in, in Decentraland or Sandbox, but they don't tokenize. So we did things a little bit backwards. So the thought process was, this is going to be a community-driven sort of project. We're entering a peer-to-peer -peer economy. Um, our, the information we're going to own ourselves. There's going to be no custodian. There's going to be no person. Like if you look at a DAO, like there's going to be nobody governing this, right? It's going to be us. So creating the token was step one. Um, so we built out a token on Binance Coin, and then we just launched our Ethereum token. And that provides everybody, whether you want to invest a dollar or $100,000, the ability to invest into Emory and profit off it. So the model is you can buy Emory on Uniswap. You can buy 10 bucks, you can buy whatever, how, however much you want. And you get the benefits of real, real estate ownership in the metaverse. So we send back 25% of profits into a reward pool and that gets divvied up in, in between our token holders. So when we make money, our token holders make money. Um, token price will go up. There's a limited supply. There's a lot of tokenomics that I won't bore you with. Um, but there's a lot of uh, backend things that help token price drive up and they get to profit, right? Because the average price right now in Decentraland is like 15 grand. Not everybody can afford that, nor do they want to do that. Or maybe they don't know how to do that. But so it was, it was all about accessibility and it's kind of grown into this really wild beast um, and we love it. But that's, that was the concept was, you know, I grew up poor. I didn't have ability to, to invest, right? So I wanted everybody to kind of be able to and kind of be a part of this really sick project at an early stage because we are kind of the biggest and the best right now. And, you know, we're, we're the first to do it, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that was the concept. <laughs> Very cool. So 
the portfolio that you're building of, of assets that fall under the fund, what sort of, I mean, it, I would assume it's the same sort of approach in a very different way where you're evaluating the assets and the land that's available. Are you purchasing it as an investment to subsequently develop on? Are you purchasing different types? Um, and this is a loaded question, so you might talk for the next half hour, but I, I'm curious about, you know, the, the, the evaluation process that goes into it. You know, like you said, there's Decentraland, there's Sandbox, there's all sorts of, I guess, gamified lands that are popping up all over the place. I don't know if you look at those as different real estate assets, but how do you, I guess, evaluate what you're buying? How do you diversify it if that's part of your approach? What's the end game with it? Are you a landlord? Are you, are you reselling? Yeah, and I haven't popped in for a few. So we look at, depending on who the client is and who the end user is, we look at different platforms. Like for instance, like Decentraland may be better for clients who are more interested in advertising aspects, whereas Sandbox is more of like an end user experience. Um, and then we go in and it's kind of funny. You can get, uh, I'll use Decentraland for as an example, because that's where we're launching our HQ and that's what we're focused on as the start. Uh, but you can get, you know, say a plot of land, same size, one parcel could be $8,000 US and your neighbor in the exact same piece and size could be asking $150,000. So it's a total wild west situation where people are asking whatever they want. Some are just doing it, you know, they know they're not going to sell it. Um, so you have to really see who the serious buyers and sellers are. And then you can start seeing the trends of like what's trading for what. Um, but yeah, we're going to, we're buying and holding, and we're also working with brands, which is different from some of our competitors, um, like, uh, you know, Metaverse Group and some others who buy land and sell it or, or lease it out. We're actually going to be working with our brands to get set up. And we work with uh, a company in Vancouver. Um, they use a program called Blender, which is like an architectural software program. So we're able to build customized buildings for our clients rather than just providing them sort of like a Lego situation or using Decentraland developer. And we go with them and we say, you know, we have these lands available and if they want something customized, we can go out and purchase it for them. Um, but, you know, we show them what we have and then we develop their, their property with them. And then we kind of help them build a strategy on how they could maximize their digital exposure, whether that's like a retail brand or, you know, a medical clinic or whatever, who, whoever wants to come in, we work with them to kind of get them set up and we show them the ropes on how they can sell their their products as you know nfts or their services or or whatnot so it all depends on who we're working with and what the strategy is but like a traditional read we uh we buy develop and then you know lease it out to our clients yeah i think that's like you nailed it uh Ev there when we're looking at our criteria we don't have like a tunnel vision mandate as a read of this is the type of land we're going after um it's very much brand dependent on what makes sense for that brand, not just on the specific plot of land, but like Evan was saying, um, where that land is, is it sandbox, is it Decentraland? But within that, like we do have a criteria of how do we figure out what is the best land for them and to apply it to what a lot of realtors would look at. Like the first thing is location, obviously, just location can mean many different things. Um, and a lot of the terms are very, closely tied to real estate terms and things that we will use, but sometimes the definition is, is a little bit different from that. Um, and right now, while it's more of a brand run space, the metaverse, a lot of location is really um, 
exposure to where that brand is going to be and something, you know, let's say in, uh, in a real world city where you might see several different industries down one main street, a lot of things that we're starting to see is uh, districts start to get created. So if you want to go for specific real estate things, entertainment things, you can head to different areas. So that location criteria really, um, really differs. And then to where, I guess, I think Katie, you asked this like uh, a while ago, right? just to tie back to the whole NFT thing, lawyer, blockchain exchange, and how we're beyond that. Um, yes and no. I think that comes down to two very different things where when you're buying, selling, and trading land in the metaverse versus actual land in real world. And I think those things are going to um, apply to both. Obviously, when we're buying in the metaverse right now, it's all over crypto. Um, a lot of it's either open C or direct wallet transactions with the landowner. It's over blockchain. It's really quick. We're not seeing that in real world right now. Like you said, we're really slow to adapt to things. But I think that's where things are going. Um, title transfer, all sorts of stuff that really take time, mortgage approvals, getting funding done. You know, we need 30 days, like all of these type of lags in time because of red tape or process. I think that'll be the first step in the real world where we see similar to how we're transacting metaverse real estate, how we're going to start to see that big impact. Um, it's funny, like we're even, don't kill me guys if I share internal stuff, but like with investors we've had in the company, our biggest lag right now is dealing with banks and like they need 30 days and 60 days to approve, but like we're running quicker than they can keep up with us versus if investors just come in and like crypto, boom, it's done that day. So it, it's already, we're in real time experiencing this shift. And as you know, the industry of realtors as real estate industry is maybe slow in the real world to adapt it. It's going to come. It's inevitable because it's just, we're able to do so much more, so much quicker um, and I think that's got a ton of value on both sides. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It's funny when, when we had like investors come on, like, um, we got offered cash and I said, I don't want cash. I want crypto, you know, so that that's where we're at. So especially in Canada, it's just the, the banking system is um, just faster. It takes yeah, it's, 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 it's red tape, right. And it's a lot of, um, slow grind rather than something that can be done instantaneously. And I think when we see that start to apply to real estate in the real world, whether it's residential or commercial, um, it's really gonna gonna change the game. Yeah. 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 I'm curious what your thoughts are on just like the future of our industry and how this comes into play because I think it's we're gonna see a lot more tech companies come into our industry versus the industry trying to drive this and try to figure all of this out and wonder what to do. So where do you see us kind of falling into this? Do we, should we be kind of jumping on this train now and, and obviously learning as much as possible so that we know once our clients ask or what were your, what would your suggestions be? Absolutely. I think for our industry, it really depends on where you as a realtor, you want to take it, right? Do you want to be somebody that's going to enter the metaverse to actually transact real estate in the metaverse? Or do you want to use the metaverse to expand and grow your real world business? And I think those are two very different things where a lot of confusion is going on right now. A lot of realtors are like, oh my God, do I have to start selling this virtual and digital land and my business is dead? And I don't think that's where it is. Um, at least right, at least right now. But I think a lot of the first impact for our industry is going to be like how we first use DocuSign, like I said before, how we first use social media. And now it's just going to be the evolution of that is how do you use this um, 
to grow your business, to offer more services, faster relay time and in, in connection with clientele. I think the first thing we're going to see is the pre-construction and new, constru- new construction industry adopted. Um, for a long time, we've gone in and looked at like either models that are like made of toothpicks sometimes or 2D flat floor plans. And even when you can see, for example, a Matterport video, which I think is great, was like the first step to this. Um, there's only so much experience you have clicking dots to move around, stuff like that. I think when you're able to put on glasses, a headset, whatever it is, walk into that pre-construction property, feel, touch, open an appliance, move around, really experience as if you're there, it's going to change that. And we're already working with brands to develop these experiences. So I think this is where we're really going to see that and then apply that to resale real estate, right? Virtual tours is going to be the first thing that's going to be gone. There's not going to be video tours of anything, it's going to be an experience for people to come. Um, and that's going to open up your buyer pool to who's going to be buying this property. It's not just going to be local buyers. And so, so it kind of just runs and runs and runs from there. Um, but I think the first step we're going to really see is modeling is going to be experience of real estate, you know, from your home um, or different experience in a condo sales center, any condo developers, like we have land, we're starting to develop for you guys. So contact us that's our quick ad but um but no it's that's how it's gonna push our industry and then i think as an individual realtor you're just going to be able to take so many more meetings you're going to be able to set up an experience um kind of like how people on a facebook page for example have a chat bot when you come in it'll ask you questions qualify you put you in touch your clients can be able to walk in and actually have maybe like an AI curated tour of all of your listings without you being there, they get a ton of exposure and you're now able to do that to 20 people rather than one person. And it just growth and growth. Yeah. I think what's interesting is we're starting to see like, even within our own community, we have a lot of, you know, commercial realtors and and regular residential realtors and brokers, and, you know, they got involved in this project, but now they're starting to bring their clients into the metaverse. So I think, that's going to be one of the first avenues for realtors to really capitalize, like capitalize on this is, Hey, I've got a corporate client or a retail client and they're looking for, you know, some, some exposure to the metaverse. Right. So I think that's going to be number one. And then number two is like what Josh says is, is going to be the interactability. Um, it's funny though, like where, where, where's the broker community going to be at in 10 years? It's a very interesting I question. Think, I think I saw, um, I think I saw online that EXP did, develop some sort of virtual yeah. reality for their team been around for a while yeah if you oh, look at exp's model they have like, uh, like it's very cool it's, they essentially have their own metaverse right you can bring clients interact and do this and it's funny because probably as early as 12 to 18 months ago a lot of people laughed at it yeah. um and you know not to go into an exp thing and their model and whatever whether that's your thing or not but just the actual idea of having a virtual brokerage i guarantee we have this conversation 12 months from now and they're not the only brand that has that. Um, I see, you know, a ton of stuff from large brands creating their own to companies developing spaces for smaller brands, just like we already have all of these side companies and real estate doing stuff for brokerage. Um, but yeah, I think where a lot of people were like, I'll never use that with, with a metaverse type of model a year ago are now like, hmm. And then a year from now, I think it's going to be a lot more common and prevalent than we might think. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. It's it's funny. A couple of days ago, I'm, I'm in an NFT project I'm in. They brought an architect in to talk about how they're developing the land. And it blew my mind. Like this is metaverse land. And so 
this is, I mean, it's, it's as real world as it can be without being the real world. Like this is that's anything what I mean. you want it to be. It's amazing, man. And that's what I mean. Like what we're seeing right now, but like the blend and the integration between real world and metaverse, like we, we had an article come out in the real deal back in December. And I got like probably six to eight emails from architects who have transitioned into NFT design and rendering, and they're making more money designing um, condominiums and homes as, as like a, like a blueprint, but like actually creating the whole NFT and they're architects and they don't need a license. They don't need anything. There's no red tape and they're making more money creating these NFTs than they were creating renderings for a developer. Right. So, and that's, that's also a big part of, of what we're doing is like, we have probably four or five architects like on the, on the speed dial to, to create an NFT project with, that's going to be one of our next steps. Um, but yeah, like the, the integration is happening. It's very real. It's something we push to even for our headquarters, which we're going to be launching in the next few days. Like Evan was huge on this of making it very much a real world style building to really have it relatable than something that, you know, as we keep using, it looks like a Lego or a, or a 1992, like Mario graphic style building. Leisure suit Larry. Exactly. <laughs> That's like what a lot of it, it feels like you're walking around is and like interacting with people. But um, no, Evan really like pushed this and I think that's to one of the really cool things that we're doing as, as leaders in it was like, let's stop just focusing on the gaming side and let's really allow brands to see this as they would in the real world. So our headquarters that he's been like crushing is that first real example where he's designed like a building that's nicer than 99% of the things we build in Toronto, but it's very much a real world scalable building that, you know, if we saw this downtown Toronto, everybody would be like, whoa. And that's something that, is cool about the metaverse. You don't have to necessarily right now deal with the city of Toronto saying build straight tall glass. That's all we want. You know, you can really start to do cool things. And I think that's where a lot of architects who are creative people are shifting this way because, you yeah. know, they're, they're creative people that work in a world that by bylaws and municipal that are essentially told what to do. Right. Um, and anytime they break through that, like the PR and the news in that city is huge because it's the first artistic building we're seeing or creative building. And so that's really why I see a lot of like what Eric's talking about, people shifting to the metaverse is, which is a whole other conversation, but they finally have control of what they're doing. And this yeah. is that whole peer to peer thing. You're not putting your like blood, sweat and tears into something. So a city or a corporation or something can, can do well and run with it. You're finally getting the impact of your work and you're able to represent yourself to a scalable audience um, which is a global audience rather than just like your neighborhood or something like that, where it might've been hard before. So you were forced to go into a big corporate model. Um, and, and that's kind of where it's like, it, like to what you're talking about, seeing architects come in, it's super cool. And it's creating a whole wave of new uh, professionals. Like, like I said, we use a program called Blender and I'm sure it's familiar with architects, but architecture firms, like people who work there, are, it's just creating like a whole other like separate industry where, we're going to have architects just for the metaverse and just for Decentraland and just for sandbox. And it expands beyond buildings. Like it goes from collectibles or, you know, shirts, shoes, um, sunglasses. Um, I know people personally who have left their full-time jobs and they, all they do is create uh, collectibles for the metaverse or they create buildings now for clients like us and they're making a killing and uh, they left their traditional like architecture firm job to go focus on freelancing for people like us. And um, it's just gonna create um, 
a whole wave of like new creatives, if you will. It's just yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like the the evolution of the way this is going to go is going to be very fascinating and very interesting. Like even you know Will, who's on our team, where he's talking about maybe learning how to create you know um, one of one collectibles and how to develop it in house. Like it's just like the opportunities are really going to be endless, especially for like the end user, like our HQ could become something entirely different in a year from now. You know what I mean? And I think the push for realization, like making things extremely real. Um, I know Meta is working on creating an a, like a virtual reality AR type thing that looks almost like real life. And that's essentially where we're going to go. Right. So it's like, it's like getting in at like www. Sure, uh, have you got, have you guys seen the thing on Instagram? They're called deep fakes, and there's the Tom Cruise guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Winklevoss twins and that guy who does the Tom Cruise thing, um, they just got acquired, and they're going to be kind of be leading the metaverse space on creating. It's, yeah, uh, it's super creepy. Realistic avatars for the for uh, the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, they can essentially they can essentially change your like if you look sort of like somebody, they can essentially change your look via vr and ar to look like somebody else and that's actually going to be integrated to the metaverse so when you, you put on become the third map, twin. i'm going to become one of you guys just the yeah, third you can do. Oh, that's, that's all i'm going to do <laughs> are, are you actually the guys from memory or are we just talking to three yeah exactly right this actually, is yeah. it's one okay. guy one yeah. guy on three screens I, I just think too to like what evan and eric are talking about how like our hq for example could become something else like that's the coolest thing to me is like if you look at brand experience right now um, especially in retail and things like pop-up shops and stuff like that, like brands are trying to constantly almost seasonally change their experience, but the cost impact on that and having to rip your store down and close and renovate, it's insane. But in the metaverse, you can have your experience open in the background, be building your new experience and then boom, it just switches like that. And everybody's like got your, your new experience and done. And there's no lag in time. Um, so yeah, like I think that's like, the fact that people are learning how to replicate, how to shift, how to create your real world store in the metaverse and vice versa. Like it's very, very cool. And that's the first thing like we're seeing with a lot of brands too, as we're developing their concepts, they're like, well, we can do this well, we can do that. And it's like, guys, you can change it every week almost if you want, if you have the budget for it, like you don't have to be the same experience that people are coming to every time. Um, And there's also the thing about like affordability too, obviously it's not like in the real world cost so you could build you know a really great looking building on multiple lots for anywhere from you know i would say anywhere from a thousand bucks to say five thousand dollars to create like a really great multi-story building um and likewise the land and then you can lease it out from anywhere from a couple hundred bucks to a couple thousand bucks and then the advertising um rev or the advertising avenue as well is like if you're used to spending a couple thousand dollars on you know, Facebook ads or Pinterest ads or whatever it is. Um, also a very reasonable way to go in the metaverse. It's going to be more affordable than probably any, you know, social. Yeah, that, that comes down. Like if you're a retail brand and you have a brick and mortar store, even in New York yeah. city, it's like, how many people walk by your store? How many sales are you, are you doing every single day? Whereas, you know, and then we saw it go online and then traffic was generated to your website. Now it's going to be the metaverse and where you can have hundreds of thousands of people see your store and actually buy your product. And then, you know, it's just, this is what I mean. It's a step-by-step thing, but um, yeah, it's, it's every step you dive deeper in. It's like you go to those exactly. brands and what is your cost to get your product into a department store? How much inventory yeah. do you have to have up front? How much do you have to put in? Like you got to put in hundreds of thousands of dollars before they even test you. Yeah. 
but like all of a sudden you don't need them anymore. You for a fraction of that, you create an insane experience. Um, and, and there's actually a brand, sorry, I go on my phone. I'm going to look it up on discord. I'm just like blanking right now. Um, called the wild bunch. Like I'm part of their discord chat and it's a creative guy is making like crazy clothing, t-shirt, all this stuff. And through metaverse, through discord, through kind of identifying away from being in department stores, wherever he sets up a pop-up in the real world, he's got lineups of three, four, 500 people um, as an individual artist. And you can connect with him directly, like in his chat. And it's just very cool peer-to-peer community stuff. And he's probably doing better than he would on a dollars and cents wise than being in a department store and having to shave off the top. And he hasn't had to go through all that red tape, headache, blah, blah, blah. So that applies to everything and like keep looping it back to real estate and real world. Um, it just allows realtors, builders, developers, buyers, sellers to really kind of get super creative rather than essentially every realtor doing the same thing in a slightly different creative way. Absolutely. Okay. We, we've got a ton of questions coming in. And even though I'm sure we've got, I've got so many, we're going to have to have beers after this because I don't want to take away from the people in the audience. Um, but I guess pulling it back, like right to the beginning, one of the questions, which I think is something important to just make sure everyone understands is when it comes to the actual proof of ownership of land, things like that. One question that was asked early on is, using the example of, you know, a couple of plots next to each other in the sandbox, right? Let's say I own a plot, Katie owns a plot, you own a plot. What is it that verifies and and confirms ownership, prevents people from, you know, squatting in there, taking a slice from the middle and saying, I own this, things like that. Um, And then I guess we can expand that to the assets that people place onto these plots of land, you know, the ownership of those, the transferability of those, you talked about changing them. Um, If I own three plots in different spots, can I use the same building that I've developed once and place it in all three at no cost to me? Or is this a new development? Um, So there's a lot of questions about that. If you can speak to just how blockchain and how proof of ownership and how it all works. Yeah, um, I can, Eric, you can jump in after, but I'll add a few notes. It's like, in Decentraland specifically, it's connected to your wallet. So say if you're using MetaMask, you you buy the land, it's connected to your MetaMask, you get to see that transaction just like you would any other any other thing. So when you buy a parcel of land, you have a contract, you're the owner, but you also have the ability to assign somebody as an operator. So when you lease it out or whatever you want to do with it, if you assign somebody as an operator, they can come in and change, make changes to the, the parcel as they would if it was their own. Um, so you have the ownership and then you can also have an operator. But as far as like running around and going into your land and your building, if you will, that's where it... Um, it's more open, like you can run into anybody's building essentially and check things out. And that's the whole point of it really is like the advertising aspect. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if that answers part of the question, but well, I think there's- you can put into that, like you can create force fields, things like that. You can yeah. essentially draw like circles around tables where anybody can enter, but only people within a certain boundary can hear voice chat. Like there is to expand, but that's a, another hour conversation on like metaverse security and stuff like that. The point is that there is a way to, and Eric will tell you more technical, but to verify ownership and to protect what's, what's yours. Yeah. So like, there's two parts of that. Like, so first of all, if you have one lot and you have a building on that lot and you move or you want to buy like a three parcel lot, you can't, you can actually take your renderings and import it, but you have to redesign it to make it fit memory wise. Um, So each lot has a certain set 
like memory available and you can expand this or decrease this however you'd like, but you would have to redesign and recreate your building to fit the memory specifications of that new lot. Um, but you, you are able to take that building out and we call it a publish or import into a new lot, right? And you can copy it, you can change it, you can do whatever you want. Like gravity is really not a thing. Um, now, the second part of that is, you know, the ownership side of that. And this is where um, I think the blockchain really needs to be discussed more because that's really the fundamental piece of everything that we're doing now. Um, if you look at Visa and MasterCard and all these companies that are integrating crypto projects and crypto, I hate when people use crypto projects because it's so vague, right? But it's the blockchain. So each NFT essentially is what you're buying. So your, your land in Decentraland is an NFT. It's, it's run through a smart contract. And what does that really mean? It's like the way that I compare it for people to understand it in very simple terms is if you go to www.google.com, it's, it's a linear transaction. It's governed. It takes you from point A to point B, but there's a lot of steps in the middle that can, that's where the hackers come. You can, you can, it, it can get messy, right? Whereas the blockchain is executed before it actually goes. So the way that I think about it is like, it's a vault that changes each transaction. So if you, you have to execute before you go rather than clicking in and going, right? So if you go to google.com, it takes you there. The smart contract on the blockchain, essentially it confirms your destination before you go. So there's actually no, you can't mutate it. You can't change it. So when you buy an NFT and it's on a, it's on a smart contract that is executed, that is done before the, before the transaction is really even done. And the, like I compare it to like a vault because every transaction is different. There's, if you look at a blockchain graph, um, it connects with a bunch of different nodes or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then it connects the transaction. So you can't actually steal anything. So if you own a piece of land in Decentraland, you, unless somebody has access to your wallet, that's a whole other security issue. So, but you actually can't like mutate or change that contract. You own it unless you give up ownership, you can't do anything else with it. Um, now, when you hear about people getting hacked and things, that's typically people give their passwords to their wallet and that becomes a huge issue because then they can just sell everything in your wallet. Like um, what was it? Crypto.com just got hacked $15 million worth of Ethereum. And that was just, you know what I mean? So I don't want to get too technical, but that's the way that I would explain it. You can't, in terms of like how you determine your lot dimension, um, every lot essentially has its own dimensions integrated like when they develop the platform that's your lot that's the specifics um and then you can also of course buy more parcels and whatever um but again it's all done through a blockchain uh, smart contract there's also the transparency so anybody who wants to check it out can all see yeah so everything everything that's in your wallet anybody can see they can't do anything with it but they can see what you own they can see your nfts they can see what your crypto balance is what you whatever you know what i mean so whether you're on Ethereum or Binance or whatever, it's all accessible. You can just go to literally BSC scan or Etherscan or whatever you use and you can see. Um, and that's kind of where the DeFi thing comes in. I'm rambling now, but um, instead of bank accounts, it's going to be wallet to wallet. So you'll have wallets for your expenses. You'll have wallets for marketing and all of this stuff and your NFTs will be in another one. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's all like you have to understand blockchain to really understand the fundamentals of this. Cause that's the life changing component. It's that easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, somebody else asked a question about like value of land. And I think we talked about it a bit, like depends on like what you're using it for, whether it's advertising or um, end user type thing, but as somebody, I guess, coming in um, that might just want to buy a parcel of land at this point, what would you get? What, what would be the things that you would look at in terms of value? 
It, it really depends on like what your goal is with that land and what you want to do with it, right? So and if I you were just to hold, like hold it, let's just say we're like investing. And, and even, even hold is like, I don't want to give the wrong answer in the here of like telling okay. someone go do this, but it, it's really what is the end goal of that hold going to be? Is it just to like, you know, equate it to real world stuff like in the 80s, go buy a plot of land and bury and sit on it for 20 years and hope it's worth like a ton of money and sell it to a developer? Is it going to be mm. inevitable to do something with it? Um, the very simple thing is like buy near a road, don't buy in the middle of nowhere, look where there's action. If you're just going to hold and buy something there in terms of market, it, it's all over the place. Like right now it's very much free market. Um, it's on what people value the land to themselves. I think Evan said this earlier, two identical pieces could be drastically different in offer price. Um, and I think as we get deeper into it, as it evolves more, obviously we'll start to see value start to level out and shift and, and probably become like a market value over it. Um, but right now there is not a set price per square foot type of model that we would relate to now. Um, it's very much, what do you value the land at to yourself and what is the seller value and, and figure it out type of thing. My yeah. If you want to, if you want to look at it, um, sorry, Ev. my personal advice, go ahead. If someone was looking to enter the metaverse just on a strictly buy and hold strategy, I would buy any parcel on a major road for under 12 grand and I would hold it. That would, if I was just looking to buy and hold, that's what I would do. Well, that, that's, that's, I mean, that's you're right like now. You're coming down from the clouds of heaven. But I know. I had to charge my computer. And God has shown up behind Eric you. Eric went to the metaverse. He's on his way warping up right now, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's the, the honest truth without seeing like completely biased is I wouldn't do that. Like it's a lot of money that you're going to go and risk without education or background. And if it's a realtor asking or anybody else, it's like, if somebody just said, I want to buy real estate, like, what would you tell them? There's, you got to know a goal. You got to know a progression. You got to know an end game. Otherwise you're just really giving like silly advice. And to what I've advised a lot of clients myself in the real world, like, if you just want to get kind of in on everything, go take a piece of all these REITs, different companies that are doing it on a high scale and kind of hedge your bet, participate in all of their wins. And yes, it might not be your like unicorn rags to riches type of like you killed it, but you're also going to hedge your bet a little bit. And I think with something like the metaverse more than real world, as it's changing every day, like there's a very strong chance that you buy a plot of land and before you get a return on it, that area and that world or that world has drastically changed. It's not worth anything anymore, as opposed to working with a reader group. And I'll use this as an example, really not an ad for us. Like where we have part of our team that is just focused on keeping in front of it. Where is the next hot thing? What worlds are evolving? Where do we need to, where to be invest? And our token holders invest, sit back, relax, and they get direct drip of dividend and profit from that. Um, so they're essentially investing in multiple lands and multiple worlds at whatever dollar value they want to without being stuck here. So they're getting not 100% of the return because it is split up, but they're getting a very large percentage of it across a lot of different areas. And it's like the the adage, like, do you want 100% of nothing or 50% of something, right? It's a, it's And that's kind of where I would really give investment advice. And to be perfectly transparent, that's how I entered in. Like I was looking to make this move. I've been trading crypto following for a long time. Eric and Evan and I have known each other from real estate past. I saw that they were the founders and I basically like harassed them until like I could invest in and join the team and become a part of it because I'm like, this is the best model 
that I can do personally. And then obviously it evolved from there, like my role and stuff. But I was really like a very small retail investor. I don't want to put more than 10, 15K into this. Where do I go? And that's what I would tell an investor to do. Yeah, and it, it, it changes, right? Like you have to be super kind of aware, like just like NFTs, there's going to be hundreds and thousands of these that come out and 90% are going to fail. So you have to kind of be, you can't just be like, oh, here's, I'm going to buy this land and I'm hoping that it's going to 10X, right? Like you could. So there's a couple of things. You have to be super in tune with what's happening. You have to be like knowledgeable on what's going to come next. Decentraland may not be here in two years because there'll be a bigger player. And then you have to look at, do I have Twitter headquarters around the corner from my lot? And what are my neighbors selling for? So if my neighbor's selling for hundred grand and my other neighbor's selling for 75 and I'm getting this for 50, that's just basic real estate math, right? So that would be a good deal, but you have to be cognizant of how long is this going to last? Like, can I, when do I get out? When do I get in? That's very important as well. So like Josh said, a lot of companies like us are doing that and we're very, like we have our, our finger on the pulse on what's going to happen next. Property so management 101, like what we're yeah. seeing too as big players come in because it's broken into plots you have this plot of land. You're like, cool, I've invested. I'm ready to go. I've got one little square. And then somebody comes and buys everything around you with a huge budget. It's like in real world. And all of a sudden your plot of land is only worth something to them. And they've now controlled the market for you. And if you're an individual that's not on top of this, that doesn't see this coming, which is not like a weeks, months, years thing. Like we see in real estate, this could happen in minutes and you're not tracking it. All of a sudden you've really shot yourself in the foot. Right. And so we're kind of, on top of that always and like not to be rude to you guys and that's why i keep like looking right is we have our marketplace our, everything open so that we are watching our land where we want to be with our team who's interacting our slack channels um and the biggest issue with it from like an individual investor standpoint is the market doesn't close at four o'clock like yeah. this yeah. is 24 hours you could go to bed and wake up six or eight hours later and everything has changed and you're like oh my god Mm-hmm. which any crypto investors probably experience multiple times. Right. And yeah. so that's like roll the dice if you want as an individual, but if you really want to make an impact, um, go with an advisor or a group or read a fund, something you trust. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a perfect segue. And I think that's such a great entrance into the market is to partner with people that are doing it full time that, cause this is literally a full-time job, like to just be on top of it, as you said, like, 24 hours a day, like you need to be aware of what's going on at all times. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you guys and just be a part and invest in like, how do they go about doing that? So you can let Eric talk about like how to actually do it technically. Simple thing. If you're not trading crypto, doing anything that like reach out, maybe you guys can post an email address, a link to us on Twitter. And we will put you with our team that can advise you going from like, Hey, I've never done this. What are the steps? How do I get it? for people that are already into crypto part of exchanges eric maybe you can go through the technical steps yeah so we just launched on ethereum and this was the whole accessibility thing we were on binance coin um, or binance smart chain and with binance not being available in a lot of countries we migrated to ethereum so all you got to do is buy ethereum you can buy ethereum with a credit card on major exchanges or even some apps like i use SafePal, which is a great app uh, it's a wallet you can buy up to $20,000 a day. So buy some Ethereum and then literally go to Uniswap and click in our token and you can buy some as simple as that. And you can go to our website for the co- uh, the token contract address and there's a step-by-step that you can do it as well. That's great. I mean, 
that's yeah, <laughs> I have to like take a look at that and, and check it out. Cause I, I do agree that just going in on, um, something where you have no idea what you're doing and just buying randomly is, is definitely not the best strategy when it comes to this kind of thing. So it's great to have people and also that you have a real estate background, commercial and a residential so that you have that exposure, you have that knowledge and you're applying it to the metaverse. And that's something I never really thought about before. I was just kind of like, oh, how do we get in? How do we make a quick buck? But it's bigger, it's huge. And we've got to recognize that we can really apply it to the real world, what we're applying to the real world can also apply to the metaverse. And that's something that's really important to recognize. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think, I, like, I think a lot of people are very nervous or scared of it or hesitant. They don't know what it is. It seems big and change, and, and you really don't have to be like, it's not going to necessarily just take over and replace everything you're doing in real life. And that's from investing to your, you know, talk about realtors to what you're doing day to day for, for your job, like it's very much something that you should embrace because it can actually be as scary as new things are like really beneficial for you and take what you're doing on a day to day and go boom or make it a lot easier, cleaner for you. And, and I think that's kind of the mentality. Once you get over that, like personal anxiety hump that we all went through, that's a mentality to take when, when approaching it. Yeah. And people think it's so unattainable. Like they think they don't, I think the biggest disconnect is people don't know where it is like where is the metaverse right and it's no different than going to facebook.com it's literally that simple you go to decentraland um, and that's how it is right now so it can be overwhelming for a lot of people but it's very simple to educate yourself and get involved and uh you know buy some crypto create a wallet and just explore like just go see what's available go run around decentraland and you'll start to understand the opportunity i think and, and from, from an accessibility perspective, then like to, I, I'm going to guess that a lot of people listening to this and who are hearing about it for virtually the first time probably don't have glasses or virtual reality things equipment wise. This is not that complicated, right? Like people can still explore oh, yeah. in the, in the absence of that. Yeah. So like, like you can still, yeah. You just your keyboard and your mouse right now. Like it's, it's literally gaming, but it's combining gaming and real world right now. So you use your keyboard and mouse that will change. Um, once the integration of VR comes into this whole thing and think that's when the real metaverse will start. So right now everybody's got a chance to, to really understand it from a ground level, like um, very prototype. You can use, as long as your computer isn't like super, super old because there is a lot of memory usage and there's a lot of computing power that needs to be integrated into this and to experience you need, uh, it. You need at the very minimum a graphics card. So if your computer has a GPU, you should be good to go. But like, I think any computer these days has a graphics card. I was going to say like there, there, there's... The old technical requirements changing all the time. It's like we're all talking over of what to do. But if you run it, want to run it smoothly, you need a decent computer with some sort of graphics card. I think the most important thing is like strong internet connection, which obviously is a given. Like a lot of weak Wi-Fi spots will give you a lot of lag and hesitation on it. Um, there are some older computers, things like that, that won't respond with it well. Personally, what I found is a PC has been a lot cleaner with it than a Mac at this time. Um, yeah. from how they're they're set up uh and, and so like there is a little bit but that's like we're talking weeks months even from the four months that i've been involved in pushing through it i've seen like an exponential change on that so it's going to be more and more accessible and then like eric was saying right now that whole vr like where am i going that is kind of an option within when you get there, you can go to VR experiences and do that if you want to, but that's not what the metaverse is. You don't have to go get a whole headset, do all of that. And even things, if you go to Decentraland, 
Um, you can explore it as a guest. You don't have to like pay money and get a wallet and invest and do all of that just to explore it and check it out. You can go explore it as a guest, see what it's about. And then if you want to go into it, you can create a wallet, create your avatar and, and the whole next stage on it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks guys. We appreciate your time. This was like informative. We're gonna have to do like part two, three, and four. <laughs> Cause I'm sure I know, I know we all have a lot of questions, but this was like a good first step. And I think just exploring even what you guys offer and what, what you're, what you're looking at, I think would be really helpful for people to go check out. So we'll be sure to link up to your Twitter and to your website and all that in the uh, comments as well as when we put up the podcast. So everybody can access that. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate, yeah, it. appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we're really community based. So anybody that wants to evolve the discussion, connect with the team, anybody like we have a discord, you know, please feel free. Don't be shy. And even if you're very entry level to it, we're really based on accessibility, community based and happy to connect. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye. Appreciate it. Bye. Level up, 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 level up,